And hello, welcome to episode 92 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. Um, it's your host, Matt. Uh, very happy after yesterday's lovely win. Champions of the world. It feels great to say that. And the Chelsea hate on the timeline is all around. Man City fans triggered. Liverpool fans triggered. Man United fans triggered. Arsenal fans triggered. Tottenham fans are nowhere to be seen. Life is great. And I'm here with my co-host, Jesters. How you doing, my friends? I'm doing excellent. You know, champions of the world. How many times can you say really say that? I mean, this is our first ever to say champions of the world. Uh, one of three in England to say champions of the world. And one of, I think, five that have won every single possible thing. I think that's what it is. One of five. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful um, moment to do that. And to do that in only 19 years is fantastic to do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, we don't have any history. We've only been around for 19 years. Hey, we, we, have, we have some many, we have many trophies before. We won't, we won't let the rival fans try and jump on it. Um, but we, we'll, we'll talk about yesterday's game because even though we did get the win, it wasn't the perfect game like all Chelsea games, of course. Um, we'll go down a little stats breakdown for you stat lovers. So, obviously, it was a match of 120 minutes because we weren't able to beat Palmeiras in normal time. It was 1-1 at the end of uh, normal time. And then, obviously, we got the win, Kai Havertz penalty in extra time. So, we had, in total, 71% possession compared to Palmeiras' 29. We had 22 shots compared to Palmeiras' 11. Both teams had three shots on target, which speaks for itself. Um, in terms of big chances, both had big one big chance each. We hit the woodwork as well. Um, we had 789 passes compared to Palmeiras' 321, with 87% accuracy compared to 67% for Palmeiras. Um, we did 15 successful dribbles out of 24, which was 63% success rate, compared to Palmeiras' 18 out of 17, which was 47%. Um, in terms of aerial duels, we won 11 aerial, 14 aerial duels compared to Palmeiras' 11, and 67 duels overall compared to Palmeiras' 22. Um, Suggestors, obviously, that it looks like it's a game that we dominated, and we, we did to some extent, but obviously. We didn't get the result in normal time. Um, just sum up overall what you thought of the whole game. Yeah, well, I I hope we're going to bring down. Uh, I can break it down in sections better. We can do that. But overall, it was just uh, a slow, methodical. Um, you know, I I guess I could sum it up best. I was at I, I responded to a tweet uh, from from a, a big uh, YouTuber who said, you know, Chelsea, what do you think of the first half? Chelsea fans, what do you think of the first half? And I said, shite. And the second half was maybe not as much shite, but still shite. It, it, offensively, we're just, we're not, we're not there. And um, there's different people every week you can put that on. Uh, but we're very slow in the buildup. We don't get any easy goals. You know, we don't, you don't see us with a three-on-one. You don't see with a two-on-one. You don't even see us with a one-on-one. 
Uh, it's just you have to. We have to work so hard to get a ball in the box because we have to. We have to. We have to build up the entire length of the pitch, and you know it's. It's just uh, when you do that, you know, allow the defense to set up, and that's what you get. You get a very, very high possession game with uh, not a lot of uh, outcome. So. Yeah, I don't think it really helps that you've got certain players that just have big deficiencies in certain areas of the game. So you struggle then to really make any kind of unpredictable moves. It's all very predictable because you know what one of our wingers is like, whether they're good at this and not good at this. So you know what they're always going to do. You don't, we, I find we don't have that unpredictability in our team at all, whereas you get that with a Liverpool, Sane, Matt. Uh, Malne, um, you get that with um, Man City, Mares, De Bruyne, all, all of them. All of them are, have that unpredictability. But I, I find, I don't think there's one player really. Um, maybe a Hakim Ziyech at times is can be unpredictable with a little bit of magic, but you don't see that enough um, from any of our players. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I I would put number ten in that category too. Um, you know, he's he's one of the people who can play with both feet. And, uh, you know, Hakim Ziyech is a wizard, but that wizardry only comes in the form of a left foot. You know, he's not going to pull out a, a right-footed master like you saw from his left. Um, but, yeah, there's too many people, too many players we have that are good for doing one thing one way. And if you do it someplace a different way or adjust, they're just they're they're not able to do so. And I think that's all capped off by the discussions. And I don't I don't want to talk about the off field stuff anymore because it's just it's dumb to do at this point. Everybody's had their say. But we have a hundred million pound striker that says, Well, you're not using me correctly. You're a hundred million pounds, dude. You're supposed to be the real deal. Um, you're supposed to be an all-timer, and we have to play you in a certain position in a certain way. I mean, you're still playing striker. Striker is striker, right? Your job is to put the ball in the back of the net. Well, I, I need to be in a two by myself in the right channel, you know, with nobody touching me or not not against stout defenses. You know, how many more excuses or qualifiers do you want to have, man? This is Palmeiras. We played Palmeiras, and before that, we played Al Halal. And before that, we played Plymouth Argyle. We're not playing world beaters and looking like crap. We're playing crap bottom feeders looking like crap. And we, we have to have a serious discussion that, you know, people need to, to understand that there are a lot of pieces in this puzzle box that don't go together. And until that changes, you're going to continue to see this because our manager is having to play in a way he doesn't want to play because to to um, accommodate certain players on the team who, if you play in a different way, are just going to get shredded or they're not going to be good enough to do the things that you ask from them in those positions. So uh, until the summertime, we're just going to have to deal with the fact that there's going to be a lot of games. We're just going to have to grind 1-0, you know, suffer ball. Just let it go under Conte. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing that annoys me the most with Lukaku is he calls himself this multifaceted striker. You get these Lukaku fans that talk about this whole multifaceted striker. Well, if you if you're multifaceted, you don't need to have the right service because you can play under any way or most ways and be and still do well. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, he's he scored in the last two games, which is well done for putting the ball in the back of the net because that is your job at the end of the day. But outside of them goals, you have been dreadful, and you, as you said, we haven't. It's not Palmeiras. I thought Palmeiras played quite well yesterday. In themselves, um, there was a couple of good players that I found was really good, and you always get that with Brazilian players in general. They're very, very good skill, very pacey, and will cause you problems no matter what the level is. But if you, you've got, you, you can't go against Plymouth, Palmeiras, and Al Halal and be dreadful in all three and only score in two of them. That's not what you want from a hundred million pound striker. Um, and I, I just think. Even though he's got his goals, which you, you can, we can credit him for, he hasn't done enough, and he's not doing enough. And there's not—I don't see anything to me, for me that's going to change that. I understand that he's got to play because he is a hundred million pound striker. And let's be honest, when you when you pay that much for someone, you you can't just put him on the bench. Um, and I think that's—I think it is outside stuff that is keeping him in the team. Um, but we'll have to just deal with that, as you said, how how it goes, and maybe we can hopefully find a move for him in the summer because that's what I'm just done with it already. Um, he could do a Kepa and have some sort of redemption, um, but I think it's very unlikely. I don't think he has the motivation unlike Kepa. Um, but we'll get into kind of the starting lineup. Obviously, we lined up in a 3-4-3. Uh, Mendy come back in the goal. Uh, Kepa returns to the bench. You had the back three of Rudiger, Christensen, Silva. Wing-backs of Kalamazos, Adoyes and Azpilicueta. Midfielder Kante and Kovacic. And then Mount, Havertz and Lukaku up front. Um, Jess, what was your first thought before the game of that lineup? Um, why is Mount playing? Because, you know, he wasn't fit enough to play the game before, so magically he's fit to play this game. And why is Callum Hudson-Odoi seeing the pitch? Okay, we've seen this. We've seen this. I understand he had a one moment in the game, which was brilliant. I'll give him credit for... A left-footed cross, which I've, you know, I always say you don't have a left foot. He did it one time, and it worked. Uh, so I'll give him credit for that. But he was dreadful, and the, he, he was just awful. People, we had people calling for a, to bring on Alonzo, to bring Marcus Alonzo. If you're, if you're that bad, where where I don't care. Somebody's talking about bringing on Marcus Alonzo for you, dude. You got to fix up. You're supposed to be the chosen ones, supposedly. He just, it's just not good enough anymore. There's no more excuses to be had for him. Um, and Mason Mount was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, not fit to play in this game, coming in. Because if, he, if, if he's going to say he was fit, then you were also dog crap. And... We got better when you were not on the pitch. So yeah. I'm going to chalk it up for him being injured. Well, I mean, he, he did come off after, what, was it 30 minutes in the end? I, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't actually heard what the injury is um, at all. It's a high ankle sprain. Yes. So I, I, I think, I, I didn't think, I'd, I always thought, I, I looked, my first thoughts of it was, why are you dropping Ziyech? Because Ziyech has done oh, too. very well. Um, and even in the last game when he was in a back three, I was, 
worried him that Al Halal game that oh we've gone to a back three is Ziyech going to drop back into old Ziyech because we all know he's suited to more of the back four way because you play more as an actual winger rather than an inside forward um, but he did play well I just maybe it's the because I, I did have the idea is it the humidity obviously we're playing out there in that hot climate we're not very much used to it um, so obviously some players are going to struggle with it um, more than others but then again Ziyech is African so some way he can deal with that and it has played in that before so I, I don't know I, I was a bit confused I mean I, I, w- I was okay with the back three um, the wing I, I kind of understand playing Callum at wing back because I think you needed the problem with Palmeiras is they were a counter-attacking team they work on the wings in tra- quick transition you just simply couldn't play Alonso and Azpilicueta in that in that aspect but maybe would you maybe could you have gone with the back four and played Saar and Azpilicueta uh, at full-backs maybe that would have been better um, I don't know I think again Jorginho I think on the transition wouldn't have been good in this game so I think it was good to have Kante and Kovacic um, I was okay with Havertz because I thought Havertz played good last time and you know Lukaku's going to start Kepa I was kind of a bit I don't know I, I, I thought maybe given this game and you know Mendy's going to come back into it but and then again they're both playing well at the moment so I, I, I didn't really have too much to complain about that but I just thought maybe was was a back four maybe possibly the better option to go with in this game. Do you think? Well, again, then you had you you run into the issue who's because we did shift uh, later in the game to a four one four one. So that's what that's the second formation we played on that night. Just so everybody knows, that's what it was because you could clearly see uh, Conte sitting in front of the the back two when uh, we were out of possession. So, um, yeah, we could have played that, but then you're asking Conte to sit and hold. And, you know, maybe right now it's the best thing for him because obviously he's not 100%. There is something that those are, those are some un, un golo like uh, games. You know, he had to, he had to run, he had all the, you know, he never stopped running. So I'm not going to, slate that but the passing wasn't good um you know he didn't i guess it was kind of you could say bad luck because every one-on-one he won the ball went right back to him every time so it was like this there was another guy so they were they were up for it and they were first to, to a lot of balls we, sh- we we weren't um but ngolo was i don't know i if are these injuries starting to, to to mount, you know, mount up to where he's not? We're not going to see that guy anymore. I hope not, because you know he takes us to a different level when he's fit on her percent. And you, and we know what Jorginho is, and Jorginho is not a a single holding DM in a four one four one. That he is not. If you play him there, you're going to end up. They're going to end up with chances. It's just it's just going to happen. So uh, the part of the problem is he'd love to play a four one four one, and it probably suits everybody from from Lukaku on down better. But you then that's your defense. What do you do? That's that's fifty percent of the game. So either you're going to be more open to giving goals away but you might score a few more goals or we stay with the back three where we're 
not going to give up a whole lot of goals, but it's going to be struggling to, to get some. And with and with until Reese gets back, because we know Chilwell's not coming back, it's going to be that way. Maybe with Reese there, we can find a little bit more fluidity, uh, a little bit more attacking prowess, because Reese is very good at that part of the game. And, you know, hopefully that helps. But uh, I have not seen... Uh, I haven't seen that team in a while, so I, I, it, you're, I'm running out of things to say about it. It's just you have a lot of pieces missing, so you're using so it's like trying to merge two puzzles together because you don't have all the pieces to either one of them. You're still not going to ever make a uh, you're not, not going to ever finish the puzzle because you have pieces from two different puzzles that don't go together, and that's what our team's our squad is. It's a bunch of pieces meant for two different puzzles. And they don't fit together. And so you you end up with what we have now is, you know, Tuchel gluing, gluing them together so you can at least make a picture. I hope that, that, that came through okay. Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I I do think, I've always said that, that if we do have half a, half a team that's suited to back three, half a team that's suited to back four, half a team that's suited to counter-attacking football, half a team that's suited to possession football. So we need to figure out what we want to do. Where. Oh, what a goal. So I am sorry. Oh, my gosh. He just scored, was it? Malinowski for, for uh, at Atlanta from a free kick. They, they rolled it to him from, from the dead ball, and he pounded it left top, top ends, man. Oh, oh my gosh. It was, on the, it was on the right side. He's left-footed. So they rolled it across. He came across the box about – you know, halfway from about 25 yards, maybe 30 yards, and just put it top bins. Sounds like a lovely goal. I do, I do like to see Juventus in the mud. That is always a club that I like to see in the, in the mud uh, for their past troubles. Um, but, yeah, as I was saying before, um, I think we need to figure out what we want to do. Do we want to play possession football? Do we want to play back three, back four? I do think we are transitioning to a back four. Otherwise, I don't think Declan Rice would be talked about so much. Shoe many would be talked about so much if he weren't. Um, I do think, in terms of the back four, I think it's less of a transition because I think I remember before we were talking about our back threes. Can Rudiger do it in a back three? Can Christensen do it in a back three? Well, I think obviously Christensen's going in the summer. Um, and I think Rudiger are much more. Um, I've always been quite convinced that he can do it in a back four, but I think people are a bit more convinced that he can play in a back four or back three. Um, and obviously you've got other players coming in that might will hopefully suit that. So I think it is mainly that midfield that we need to sort out. And that's why I said, I've always said, get Schumann in. You can have him as that sitting deep um, line playmaker. Um, Kante, I know you're going to have to use him sporadically, but that you've got, it's all right because you will have Kovacic. You have... Mason Mount, who will naturally drop into that number eight role when you have a back four. You have Conor Gallagher to possibly use. So that means you can use Kante in a more sporadic way into the games that are the big games that you need a Kante in. And that will hopefully preserve that performance for as many games as possible. Obviously, we've got to know, we know that Kante's not going to last. And obviously, we've got to take that into account with games coming in. But we've got the players to in this team. We've got we just need to balance that midfield a lot better to allow that to happen. Um, so I, I hopefully I think the summer is going to be a big summer. 
I still don't have the problem is I still don't have faith that this board can do it. Um, I'm willing to stay open till the summer, um, but if it doesn't happen in the summer, um, if I see expect what I see, um, I, I, I'm I'm not going to um, hold back at all. Um, but we'll have to wait and see whether they'll back. That's another question for another pod. Um, going into the game, obviously, first 30 minutes was dreadful. Um, and then Mason Mount got that injury. Christian Pulisic obviously came on um, for him and looked quite lively, didn't he? Yeah, I said at the time, it reminded me of the Porto uh, version of Christian Pulisic last year. Um, That's what it kind of reminded me of. And I think that, you know, he had interviews before this that came out that Said, you know, I, I know I've tried to do too much. You know, it's about the U.S. men's national team. But I think it's when he got on the field somewhat with Chelsea, too, because he hadn't gotten on the pitch, you know, at a position that you could call favored, whether it be the right or the left. You know, he was always playing in a, in, in a different position. So when he was getting there, I think he was trying to do too much. And this in this game, he played within the flow of the game, right? It wasn't, I, I wasn't, he wasn't holding on the ball. I, although some, a couple of, of numpties out there were saying, well, you know, re- referred to that as uh, uh, he, him picking up those fouls, the stat pad, as him holding on the ball too long. No, those were all in the flow of the game. He, and that, and so I think you start to see some of the Christian Pulisic that everybody wants to see. You know, we've seen that guy before. The problem with some of these other players that are that 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 have been played is you've never seen it in a Chelsea shirt. You can't go back and say, well, this, you know, during this run of time, we saw that player that that's Chelsea quality. For the most part, um, bar a few of them, you haven't seen that. You haven't seen that that person who like, well, okay, now I understand why we have him here. Uh, you know, and until you do, those people need to ride pine. I'm sorry, they just do. And we we had we have way too many of that. It's you cannot carry players, and what I mean is carry them, carry poor performances, and keep putting them out there, or incomplete performances, or bad performances, and then have one moment. You can't keep carrying those players in big games. Because they'll end up hurting you. It, whether it's offensively or defensively, they will end up hurting you. And it, it's it's a matter of you you gotta find the ones that are capable of in big moments doing big things. And we have a few of them on the team, but it's like because there's other players or because we're playing a certain way, those players get don't get the uh, the minutes they deserve. Um, you know, Kai Havertz got the penalty, but I thought he was he was actually very good. I, I I enjoy watching him play, just the way he moves and um, what he does with the ball. And to me, there was almost if you have Kai Havertz on the pitch, there's no point of having another striker because this guy it. He puts he he runs the entire game like Mason, everybody gives Mason Mount credit for, 
right? He does the same thing. He ran that entire game for 120 minutes. He, he can build up play. He can score. He's better in the box than outside the box. But that's a, that's a striker role, right? Finishing in the box. So you're having to move him wider to accommodate number nine, which is fine. You know, he's here. He's 100 million pounds. You got to play him, right? You can't not play him. And, uh, and then you're playing, you know, Christian came on and played well for 30, you know, for what? What do you play at on the right? You would say maybe 45 minutes on the right, 50 minutes on the right, maybe an hour. Yeah. And then he got then he got to get moved to left wing back. And then he ended up the game playing at number eight in the 4-1-4-1. It's like the dude changed the complexion of the game when you brought him on. So why not stick with him as the person that you're gonna you're gonna play through and bring supporting cast around him that can play with him? See, once you bring out on a Hakim Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech, you have to get for him to be effective. He has to have the ball, right? He he's not a guy that's going to play off somebody, do a one-two, make a run. That's not his game. He wants the ball to the feet, and and be able to pump balls into the box and that kind of thing. So you brought you you brought you bring him on, but take Lukaku off. So who are you going to pump balls into the box? Who's supposed to be there? Yeah. I, <laughs> that, that was a little confusing to me. But it's just, it, it's uh, it's unfortunate we're going to have to play like this for the rest of the year because last summer um, the board did a madness. You can say, you know, you can blame whoever you want. Um, you know, we, we had a missing piece to our puzzle. And it was a score. It doesn't mean it had to be a striker. We wanted, we needed a somebody to put the ball in the back of the net, and it, it didn't have to be a striker. Everybody thinks that there's only striker score. Well, Mo Salah's not a striker. Lionel Messi is not a striker. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be a particular position. You could have had, you had Kai Havertz. You could have kept a Martin Dobrosia, who, by the way, has to be on the team next season. He is amazing. He he is more striker than than Kai Havertz is. Kai Havertz to me is a more center field uh, center fielder, center forward. You know because he's got the you know the deep lying deep lying uh, playmaker role to him as well. He can build up play where Rojas plays a better, more advanced, but can still pass the ball, has vision, and holds up the ball. I saw I saw him just run all over Manchester United. It was just, the dude is just something else. Yeah, I mean, I think regarding starting off with the politic thing, I think, yeah, I think he, he played, for me, I think he, he played quite well, changed that game um, almost instantly. I think it was almost like he was watching the game and he knew what spaces to jump into and he was always working within that space between the midfield and defence. And I thought that was really starting to unlock us for a bit. And then obviously you moved away to wing back and it kind of stopped that again, um, which was a bit frustrating. I think 
Pulisic is just playing so many multiple positions at the moment. I just all I want to see with Pulisic is like how Callum got and Callum fairly got a bunch of games to prove if he's to show whether he's good or not. Um, I I think he started off fairly well in the first couple of games and then dropped off. So fair enough. All I want to see is Pulisic have that same amount of games, and if he plays well, he plays well. If he plays bad, then me and you will both probably say because we're fair about it. If he's not played well, then he hasn't taken his chance, and then we're not going to moan so much if he's in the team or not because he doesn't take the chance. Um, but I just, I just feel he needs that. Um, I, as you said, I, I get annoyed when people say, "Oh, he's he's trying to stat pad with his fouls by dribbling too much and then getting foulable." Isn't winning free kicks in dangerous areas quite good for the team? I don't understand where people think that's a problem, especially when we've got free kick takers. All right, he was on the pitch. Marcus Alonso. Mason Mount can take a free kick. You've got people that can take a free kick and score from a free kick. So I don't get what the problem is with having free kicks in dangerous areas. But yeah, I think it's it. I think it's a bit frustrating than that. But it is what it is. Um, with Kai, I think I agree with you. He had a good match. I think there was certain people that were saying that he weren't doing much more than Lukaku, which I thought was silly. And then obviously he scored the penalty, and I straight away went in the chat and was like, "Sorry, what did you say again?" Um, but yeah, I think my always concern with Havertz is I still don't really know what his position is. He plays well in a, cu- a couple of different positions, but he's never really nailed down a proper position for me. And I don't know where that fits. Is he a, is he going to be a false nine? Um, is he going to be on the left, on the right? Is he going to be a number 10 when we go to this full back, four at the back? Is he going to be a number eight? I just, I'm still not really sure. Um, obviously, he's still young, so he could find a position but he's got I think sometimes you've got to just look and go and find your position and nail it down soon because otherwise you're not going to develop in any position and then you're going to just wander off like some players tend to do um, so I hope Havertz can find a position of his own and make it his because um, I do think that's something we need at the moment in this team because we don't have enough players that are doing that at the moment um, but yeah our attack is just at the moment, I, I, I find it quite confusing. Um, for me, obviously, I know we haven't got a defensive midfielder, but I feel we need to go to that back four eventually um, and find a way to deal with the midfield in some sort of way. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know how we're going to do it, so it's going to be something Tuchel's got to figure out, but I just don't think this back three is going to... Oh, I don't know. Unless you want to, as you said, grind out one nils. Obviously, the league's kind of dead anyway, so grinding out the one deals kind of suits the cup competitions anyway. So maybe that is the way to go to the end of the season. But I think next season, we've got to go to a back four. We've got to bring in a shoe and many. Um, we've got to bring in... I think Brozier is... I think he's ready. Um, but even if he's not, even if you don't think he is, I think he. if you get him a good Premier League move, um, again, if you really want to, but then I want to see someone up front because... I can't see. I can't be seeing Lukaku up front again. I can't just be seeing Havertz up front all season long. Um, I want to see someone up front. So mate, I don't see. I still. I just don't see why Brozier can't be given a try. And I think Brozier. I think he he's almost like obviously he, he has. He is. I'm going to say he is that multifaceted striker that look what we think is Lukaku. He can do different types of striker roles. Um, but what I'd be look, most interested in seeing is. 
Brozier up front and then Pulisic off the left because I think the Pul- Pulisic works best when he has that strong forward that he can link up with. And similar to how Giroud, that partnership between Pulisic and Giroud was phenomenal. Um, and it's no surprise that once he started playing with people like Tammy, who I don't think I don't think they really connected. Lukaku's just non-existent in terms of service and link-up play at the moment, and it suffers from not just Pulisic but other players. So I think playing a Pulisic, a Brozier, and maybe on that other side of Ziyech, I think that might be looking at if maybe in next season a front three that would be good. I don't actually, unless there's an attacker that is out there and you want to buy and is good and is definitely going to be good enough. I don't want to go for a opportunistic Nsama Dembele uh, who's going to sit on the bench, sit in the injury table all the time. Um, I'd rather go and fix the defence, um, the centre-backs, fix the midfield, fix the wing-backs and then see what these attacking players can do in a back four that, and a, a, a almost possession-type system that is not slow and sideways passing that is fast attacking and creates unpredictability because hopefully it can get the best out of them. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. What what would what would your front three next season be if you could pick one? Yeah, well, I, I am, do I get to move on the basis that we, we, we find a hundred million pound solution to our problem? And if then you're gonna we say, move our hundred pounds? Oh uh, my gosh. I'd say be re- semi-realistic. Okay, so I have to keep Lukaku on the team. I mean, you can. I, I do think there are uh, there's a couple of semi-realistic places it can go, but yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, I think Tottenham, or depending if I, I've always had the idea that um, if Poch goes in the summer, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Conte went PSG if he had signs that Tottenham weren't going to support him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Conte went there. Lukaku would definitely follow. Um, yeah, we'll the identities Don's going to PSG. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see because PSG are just a funny team. You think they're going one way and then they go another, so we'll have to wait and see for that. But what would be your front three, semi-realistically? Well, um, front three, saying we're playing a back four, so we have three, we have uh, three midfielders. So Mount plays in an eight is what I'm basically saying. Yeah. So in, in that scenario, yeah, if Christian's here, which again, if he's not going to get, if he's going to continue to get the same type of play, playtime where he, you know, is used sporadically and um, gets moved around in every position, uh, you know, on, on the field, then I don't want him here. Uh, but if he is here, then I would, uh, I would play him. Uh, off the left, I would play. Uh, I don't know that the one person I really don't think is going to be here is Hakim Ziyech. I know he's got a slight run in the team, but I don't think he's going to be here. I think he he's ready to go. Um, and I think he was. I mean, he was just at an Ajax game. Did you see that picture? Yeah, I mean they have got a week off, so I imagine yeah, I, I, time off. I understand, but if it, you know, I always I always look at it from the point of girlfriend boyfriend, if or or boyfriend boyfriend whatever you float your boat. You know, I'm not trying to put any 
anything out there. But other than, you know, if you have that that X, and you're, you know, your 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 significant other is, uh, you know, you're having a rough time, and you see him pictured with your X with with their X, you're like, oh, this is done. All I'm saying is, it's very possible that that he wants to go on this summer, so it's hard to put Akin Ziyech in that front three. Um, so my options are, and again, I don't see Timo Werner here either. And so I'm going to say on the right is going to be a transfer in. So it'll be left ballistic, right a transfer in. And for me, it's it's not Lukaku. It's got to be Kai Havertz. Yeah. Because I think he fits the way that Tuchel wants to play better. He he doesn't stay in that center position. He'll vacate and find space, which when you're looking for space, the space you vacated is now then open for somebody else to move into. Okay, that's that's the easiest facet of football or actually also in basketball too. So you don't want to clog space. You want to go into a space, do the thing you're supposed to do, and then move out of that space because it then becomes open for somebody else to move in. So Kai Havers gives you that. Romelu Lukaku is going to stay between the 18-yard box. So he's going to stay in that width. He's not going to get really, really wide because he, he thinks he has the tech and the dribbling ability to get past defenders, not in the Premier League, he doesn't. So for me, it's Kai Havertz, uh, Christian Pulisic, and on the right-hand side, I'm saying transfer in. I'll say Rafinha. Oh, I'd love, I, that's one player I'd love. Uh, I think he's ready. I think he's Premier League proven. Uh, I think he'd be very good for us. Um, I just don't think Chelsea is smart enough to do it unfortunately and that is with regret to say um but we'll have to wait and see for the summer i'm sure in future pods we'll we'll get into that um a little bit more um have a look to see who there is who we want um within the team um well let's go into the goals and kind of the big events coming into the second half obviously first goal was obviously calamastadoy on his left foot got that across to romelu lukaku and it was quite good bullet header um, nothing the goalkeeper could do. What did you think of that goal and us taking the lead at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was probably the, one of the most unexpected things, seeing how the game was being played out um, from the point of view that, number one, not that Lukaku would would score, but that Callum would would have an assist off his left foot. I mean... I wish we had some odds on that before the game because Callum assist with his left foot would have been probably a thousand to one. <laughs> you know, you understand what I'm saying? The odds were not good. That was going to happen. So it was, it was shocking. And, but you know, Hey, fair play. You, you saw something, you took the chance and you know, one nil beautiful. I, it, I always thought it was a little tenuous, though, because of the game was how the game was playing. 
they had moments, they had chances, and you know what they're looking for is uh, is set pieces and and penalties. That's what they were playing for the entire game. Yeah, they were playing Burn- Burnley FC football uh, for for that one or two breakaway chances where you can get a one on one or a two on one, a set piece where you can get a head on the ball, and then a penalty. Um, to me, neither handball in that game was a penalty. Yeah, I'm a, I, I was I, I I was actually the other. One. I actually thought both were penalties. Um, I can un- yes. At the same time, I was it was I was in the kind of say there were penalties, but at the same time, I don't blame either player for them. I think it was just an unfortunate incident of where it's just hit their hand. It's not meant. It's not on purpose. But at the end of the day, the rules are the rules. So I, it, they are both penalties. Um, and I think they're both good penalties in the end. Um, I really rated the fact that Aspi um, picks the ball up um, with all the. Uh, Palmeiras players were trying to um, play the mind games and then as soon as they all finally buggered off he gives it to Kai Havertz and Kai Havertz had the kind of peacefulness at least while we've got 10,000 Brazilian fans in the stadium but you've got some sort of (laughs) relative peacefulness to take the penalty and take it in the way you did so I I think that was brilliant from us being a real captain-like thing to do Um, but in terms of the goal yeah I mean I was surprised again with uh, obviously, we know one thing. If Callum can do one thing, he does can he can put across a good pass and cross into the ball box at times when he can do it. Not usually on his left, usually on his right, but pleasantly to surprise to see it on his left. Um, but as I said to Sadiq in the in the uh, video after the game, um, it's not enough just to be able to pass the ball because unfortunately, there's better people on the in the in the team to pass the ball and that's Hakim Ziyech so if that's the only thing you could do because he as we as even big Kalamazadoy fans were saying yesterday he can't dribble he can't p- drive past his man and that's that's something that's would, if he if he had that to his game like he arguably did before uh, his injury then he would be this player that some people will talk about um, a lot more and we'd understand it but he just doesn't have it and it frustrates me and it got to a point I noticed in the second half for um, that people were looking at him and just deciding not to pass to him in the end. And you could see he was getting frustrated with that because I think I think even the players were understanding that he's just going to drive and hit and fall, go into the same defender and then the, the, he's going to have to recycle the play again. So I think it is a bit frustrating in that aspect. Obviously, I do give him credit for the assist, but he just... I think he needs to go back to the draw. If he if he wants to be in this team, he needs to go dra- back to the drawing board and really work to improve his game in certain periods periods of the of his play. Otherwise, as I've always mentioned, I think he just needs to go out on loan. I wouldn't even sell him at this point. I would just put him out on loan, even if we have to pay the majority of his wages because we know he's on a big wage and that will not. Uh, be happy for some teams to pay but if we can get him out on loan it can really give him a chance to try and go out and prove himself but obviously I just don't think that's going to happen and if he's in the team I just think he's for me he doesn't start if, especially if he's playing like this um, but yeah I mean Lukaku it was a great header from him um, but again the only thing he did in the game um, and obviously Kai Havertz penalty 
fantastic penalty, cool, calm and collected, um, obviously to win the game, which was perfect. Um, Let me ask but, you this. How, how, how surprised were you, were you that was Kai Havertz taking the pen? Um, I was surprised a little bit. I, I didn't know who was going to take, because obviously when Jorginho's off the pitch, it's kind of a free-for-all. Um, I was kind of half expecting Werner to take it, because Werner has taken penalties before, and he, despite his um, misses in front of goal, he's a very good penalty taker, generally. Yeah. Uh, very much likes to drive the ball higher into the top corner. So um, I was kind of half expecting him to take it. When Aspi had the ball, honestly, I was panicking. I didn't exp- I didn't know what Aspi was going to do in terms of taking a penalty, but when Kai had the ball, I did I did sense some nerves in him, but I don't know whether that was just his general facial expression. Um, <laughs> but I, I was I, I was kind of just hiding, not even hiding behind the sofa. I was just at the door, kind of peeking out, peeking in, because I was like, I don't really want to watch this, do I? Um, but then obviously it went in, and I was happy with that. But I, I wasn't really. Who who would you have take, thought would have taken the penalty? Because I wasn't really sure. No, I, I the one person I didn't want to take the penalty was Pulisic, although he's very very good at taking penalties to win things. He did it over the summer against Mexico, and in a, you know what for over here is a, is a very big uh, you know very big deal. Um, so. I just didn't, you know, not that I thought he can't take penalties. He's a very good penalty taker. I just didn't want him to miss, you know, that that, that was a me thing, a him thing. You know, I just, that's, that's, I didn't want that to happen. Uh, And I was, I was just told the whole time he's sitting there holding the ball. I said, well, Aspie can take penalties because he's usually one of our penalty takers in a shootout. And he usually scores. So I was like, well, he's just going to take it. You know, I guess it would be kind of apropos for him putting in the, the goal that wins us, the one thing he's never won, to complete, you know, everything, winning everything at the club level. That kind of would be storybook. Uh, and I was thinking, who else on the pitch? Rudiger? I mean, I can see Rudiger, Thiago Silva. You know, notice I'm looking at defenders here. <laughs> Not anybody up front. Because uh, he had Saul, you had Christian, you had Ziyech, who I, I've never, I don't think I've ever even seen take a penalty. You know, unless, he, you know, somebody's going to remind me, probably, oh, yeah, he took it, took it against the so-and-so team, dummy. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't remember Hakim Ziyech taking a penalty. Um, you had Werner, and Werner takes penalties. I was like, what, are they really going to give it to Werner? I was like, surely not. And then Kai, I was like, okay, well, Kai. Because Kai missed his last penalty for us in the penalty shootout in the Super Cup. Not, not too many people, I guess, remember that, but he did. He was the first penalty taker, and it was not a good penalty, and, and it was saved. So I was like, okay, well, Kai's going to take it. All right, big guy. But again, that's kind of storybook, too, because... I think he's the. They were showing us that the people who have scored the winning goal in Champions League were the Copa de, uh, de Libertadores and have scored 
the winning goal in Club World Cup final. And it's one per decade. And Ty Havertz is one of them. He's was, on, was, Messi, you're on the was, Messi, was Messi the other? Well, Messi was, was one, yes. To be in that bracket alone is just yeah. obviously speaks for itself. Yeah, um, Messi, yeah, anytime you get named next to the GOAT, it's always good. Yeah. Yeah, always. I think it is great to um, have that. Obviously, we always, and I have, I have kind of digged it out on Kai in the in the recent week, saying you can't just score a goal in the Champions League final and rest on your laurels for the rest of your career. Um, but obviously, now he's scored the Club World Cup final. It's just at the moment, I, I, as I said, I, I said on uh, Sadiq Stray, I was like. Just play him in every final because he seems to score winners every five minutes. Play him. I don't. I don't care if he's got one leg or something. Play him in the Carabao Cup final because he'll probably come on and score. That's all I want. Yeah. Just play Havertz in every final from now on. And I, I, I think actually he would probably be harder for the Liverpool fen- defense to to deal with than Lukaku, if you really want my my opinion, because you know what Lukaku is going to do. You know where he's going to be. You know how to defend him. Ty Havertz can do the hold-up play, but he can drop deep and build it up. That means either Virgil or or Joel will have to come out and follow Kai Havertz. You don't want to start doing that. So I actually think he's a better fit against them anyway. Yeah, I mean, you look at the um, start of the, the game at the start of January. We um, Obviously, we made defensive mistakes that cost us the game, but we were very good in that kind of fluid way. Um, I think that would be the way to go against Liverpool. But I, I, I just clocked. Am I right in saying that he didn't play against Leicester in the FA Cup? Because I actually thinking I about it remember. now. Thinking about it now. If that if, if that is true, he didn't play. Maybe maybe that was the answer all along. Maybe we should just play Kai Abbott in every final. Forever. Yeah, I don't I don't remember who played. I'm actually we didn't the... have we didn't have Lukaku, so who would have played striker? Was I it Giroud? Whether it was a Werner type thing or Werner? I'm just sure looking that... up. I'm just looking it up now because I don't know where is it. It's... Yeah, because I was I was thinking about it, I, was like, I can't remember him in the game, so I was like, if that's true, then we just you know, play him the whole time. Um, oh no, he did start. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but, I thought I, I was Ver, like, who Ver, have Ver, been there? Ver, Werner did also start. Yeah, well, you know what? Even Werner came on and played. I thought played well. He's the best actually, I've seen him play in a long time. So, sorry, I was that was just the squad. He actually didn't play. He come on after seven, uh, in the seventy fifth minute. Because it was oh, it was Mount, Ziyech, and Werner up front for the fight, FA Cup final. Yeah, we'll see. You're supposed to start him. Yeah, so, just start start him in every every final. That's that's just come on, Thomas Tuchel, do it. Well, the two finals yeah. he started in, they, we won. So 100 percent right there. <laughs> Not exactly. a huge sample size, but you know. I mean, he, he started the Super Cup as well. Yeah. 
So, I mean, just come on, Tuchel, just do it. Just do it. Um, But, yeah, um, one thing I did want to mention, obviously, there has been some hate um, on the timeline uh, from rival fans, and you can can kind of understand that. But also from um, journalists, um, panellists, and former Chelsea players, Stupidly, I I I I don't know what's up with this guy Craig Burley. Um, always seems to be coming at Chelsea, but his latest quotes on the Club World Cup final are: "Whilst Chelsea were winning that plastic cup, and it was lapped up like a World Cup win, Man City were racking up a 16-point gap on them in a competition that really matters. Let that sink in. Um, on, when it when it when it really matters, uh, it's the Premier League. I don't buy a hundred million pound strikers to win the bloody Club World Cup. Um, just as I'll let you rip on him, but what, what do you think of them comments? Well, I'm gonna use a word he, he likes to use a lot, and I don't want, know what the meaning of, but he's a numpty. That's that's what he calls everybody. He, this numpty or that numpty. Well, he's a numpty. Look, this guy. His trophy cabinet is is more similar to uh, Spurs than it is Chelsea. That's what his trophy cabinet looks like. So he wouldn't know very much about being in the finals. Um, but if you really look at it, the Club World Cup is the hardest cup to win. Let that sink in for a second. I, I, Alex was Alex, you know, redneck, uh, redneck blue was talking about this. It's the hardest competition to win because you have to win the Champions League. So that's part of the competition. You have to win the Champions League. Then you have to come into a tournament and play two games against, yes, smaller teams. But to them, this this is a club world. This is the biggest trophy they'll ever win. Because they'll be beating usually the champions of Europe. So if you take it in that aspect, it's actually a very difficult trophy to win. And who has a better season? Let's say it's almost a foregone conclusion. Let's say City does win the Premier League. And that's the only thing they win. And Chelsea win everything but the Champions League. So. We won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, we won the Super Cup, and the Club World Cup. Who's had a better season? It, it would be us because we've won more trophies. We've won a lot of different trophies, and but I mean, I, I can, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand where he's. I just don't understand what's what what's happened to him because obviously you think, you, you expect it from the likes of Gary Neville and other opposition um pundits but when it's our own pundits and i don't think this is the first time craig burley's been just going at chelsea all the time um i don't i don't know whether chelsea football club have done something to him um rubbed him up rubbed him off the wrong edge of the tree um but he just seems to be really salty really bitter uh, i don't understand it personally um I, I just feel generally from the media it was lovely and fine when Man United were winning the Club World Cup. It was lovely and fine when Liverpool were winning the Club World Cup. As soon as Chelsea win it, then it's a ignorant trophy. I mean, you had Arsenal fans talking about how it, oh, Chelsea fans, it's a plastic cup. 
Man Count Community Shields is a bloody trophy. Don't even try mm-hmm. to talk to us about that stuff. And don't talk to us when you haven't even won a European competition. Don't talk to us. Are we talking you. about EGAL? Or I, I, I think it's generally Arsenal fans. I haven't seen a gal say anything uh, on the timeline, but see, I know generally oh, Arsenal fans. Oh, no. Oh, what's he said now? You you, oh, he went on the football terrace and brought oh. a Wiki, Wikipedia entry from... He pulled a quote out from 1957, 67, 67, from the Scottish FA that said that the reason that the that they didn't want to be uh, in the tournament, they were talking about being in the tournament or being a part of the tournament, is because FIFA classifies it as a glorified friendly. That was in 1967, dude. Mate, man, man's going further back than Tottenham's last title win. And this is what he brought onto the football terrace talking about. He is oh. so salty. So salty. Bro, you haven't even been invited. He's like one of those... Uh, do you know what a prom is? Do they have those? Yeah, we, have, we do have proms, yeah. Okay. He's like the, the one dude that is didn't couldn't find a date for the prom, and he just... Starts Fine, the problem was stupid anyway. No, dude, you just weren't invited. <laughs> That's the only thing. It's not stupid. You just weren't invited. So you need to fix that up because, you know, you just backed up a truckload of salt. Yeah, you got to be better that, than that, that's, dude. That, that's horrible. That, that's very silly. Um, that is terrible. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was just Arsenal fans that I saw and then, I got into an argument with uh, Man City fans about Pep um, versus Tuchel. They weren't respecting Tuchel. And I just, I come up with a typical point of, well, Pep, every time Pep's had a silver spoon everywhere he's gone, he's been given an unlimited budget or a ready-made world-class team. Um, and I said, I'd like to do it. I'd like to see him do it at a smaller team like Mines and Dortmund, like um, he did. And the person went and said, oh, well, Back in 2008, he um, took Barcelona B from being bad to back to their good old days. I looked it up because I was like, oh, what did he do? Did he do something good? He took them from the fourth division of uh, the Spanish league to the third division of Spanish league. I was like, is this really what you're going off? And then he left and went to Barcelona. So I was like, you're judging one season of a youth team that's the youth team of one of the best teams in the world. And you're judging that as a small team. Oh, I, 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 honestly, I don't know what to say to. I, I, I think there's a lot of stupidity in football. Um, and but you know, you know, when people are jealous of you, they hate, they, they hate on you, and that's what it is. That's what I take it as. You know, Arsenal fans, you can't talk. You haven't been invited. Don't be so jealous. Tottenham fans, you, okay. Well, um, yeah, you're just awful. That's all you are. You can't even you can't even make a proper European competition. You know, you were in the, the, the conference league and couldn't even win that. So hush, hush the cock holster there, brother. We don't need to hear nothing. So you have all these people coming out. And you know who's not coming out and saying anything? Man United and Liverpool fans. Why? They want it. 
<laughs> that they were like, yeah, fair, fair play, yeah, join join the club. Why? It's because they've won it. They're not going to put down a trophy. They won. Exactly. It's a, an accomplishment. It's not uh last thing, you know, the last thing that Arsenal won was we got to keep our manager out of the Arteta Lampard Ollie thing. How's that working out for you? Eighth, eighth, and you're going to be sixth this year. And you're playing against some terrible teams going for fourth. There's not a one of them that, 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 that looked like they want to take it. West Ham just drew. Leicester. Tottenham um, lost. Man United drew <laughs> for the second yeah. game in the row. And Arsenal only played one more time this month. Or in in, in a month period, like four weeks. And even their game their game in hand is against us. So actually, knowing Chelsea, we'll probably give them the result. No, I I mean they, and they've scored two goals this year, one goal this year. They have more red cards than goals in twenty twenty two. So please, you're not even, you don't even get to sniff our underwear after a full practice session. That's how bad you are. So please stop. Fix your club. Get back to whatever thing you think respectability is, which is not fighting for the top four, fighting for the for trophies and fighting for the league, but you are not. And you're not, guess what? You're not doing it next year either. Not Tottenham, not Man United, not Arsenal. Okay? You're still going to be in a top four race. You have a two to three year project still ahead of you to rebuild and get back to where you're supposed to be. What's, what's, where, how many more trophies are we going to have in our cabinet in the next two to three years? I'm saying at least five or six. Think about it. Understand, you might have once been big clubs, not in Tottenham. Tottenham's never been a big club. Arsenal, you might have been a big club. Man United, you might have been a big club, but not right now. And when I say big club, is you're up there fighting for every trophy every year. You ain't that. So humble yourself. Recognize that right now there's three teams in England, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. And the one on the come up that y'all ain't even going to see is out away from all the bright lights. You know, a little town called Newcastle who have all this money at their back now. I could see them spending a boatload of money again this summer and be right there with you looking for that top four. Because it's not like their squad is so much worse than the squad you're running out there every week. It's not. And they have the money to fix it. Yeah, especially when I think, I, I look at it, and as you said, it's just, it feels like that top that top four spot is just waiting for someone to collect it. It seems like it's a hot potato. No one wants it. Every time you think someone's getting close to it, they're not. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm. I, I think it's lovely to uh, banter upon rival fans, um, but obviously, um, we'll, we'll we'll let them just banter themselves to death because they usually do that against each other, um, and we'll leave out. We'll leave it to us to keep on winning uh, loads of trophies. 
uh, in the future. Um, but obviously, there's a couple of things to talk about um, that Chelsea fans themselves have been arguing on the timeline um, the last week or two. Um, oh, no. Starting with the Kepa debate. Obviously, Kepa seems to have had a very good little uh, redemption story um, and has played very well um, in the cup games, proving himself while Mendy was away. Um, now, even to the point where people are asking, should he stay? Should he go? Should some even some people even questioning is Mendy completely a number one goalkeeper? Um, what do you think on the whole Kepa situation? Do you think he should stay at the club? Do you think it's time where maybe it's the chance to get rid of him for a decent fee, or God forbid, do you think he should start in front of Mendy? No, um, no, yes, no. I think that's the way that's supposed to go. Look, Kepa, thank you for all you've done. You know, you've added trophies, more trophies, uh, to your impressive haul already. Um, you've come back, you know, your redemption story. But in the summertime, we need to move you on. We have... Two, at least two youngsters. And I actually, you, you can throw four youngsters in there that you want to make sure you keep and not have to sell. And to do so, you have to give, get rid of some people. Uh, your Marcus is Alonzo, even though he wants to stay. See you. Smell you later. Um, you have Kepler is one of them. You got to you have to you you have to move these people on Barkley, Ruben as much as I know it pains you, but you move these players on, so you get to keep your Armando Brogias, so you get to keep your Connor Gallagher's, your Levi Caldwell's, your your Billy Gilmore's, and you can even say that from next, last summer. The reason we couldn't keep Artino Limpermentos, even though he wanted to stay in the first team, you could have. Had you sold a bunch of Deadwood, you probably could have used him as the backup to Reese. But because you didn't, you couldn't. So these players need to go. You need to find a place for them. You need to get what you need to get for them and move them along because it takes off the wage bill. And I'll throw one more in there. If you told if you if if Roman calls me up, you know. For a weekly conversation, and I'll, I'll know when he calls me up again and says, "Hey, Jared, is Roman? Hey, Roman, what's up? Hey, um, should if I have to sell one of the two, who do I keep? Armando Brozier or Callum Hudson Odoi? Yeah, is that even a conversation? <laughs> keep Armando Brozier. All right, peace. Yeah, tell Marina I said hi. I know she doesn't like me. That's cool. Later. That's the conversation, you know." That's how it goes. Uh, well, if, you, and, if, you're, uh, if you're talking to Roman, can you just get Lukaku out first? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, when he calls me again, you know, would be the first time he ever called me. A little skit. You got to have to make things a little bit fun for the viewers. A little skit there. Of course, Roman doesn't call me. But look, if it comes down to keeping Conor Gallagher and Armando Brogia, and I have to get rid of, uh, of Callum Hudson-Odoi, that's a no-brainer, bro. 
It's the same thing with Timo Werner. If I could get rid of Timo Werner and keep Armando Brogia and Connor Gallagher, yeah. You want to even say Christian Pulisic? Yeah, okay, fine. If you're guaranteeing me you can keep Connor Gallagher and Armando Brogia, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Both of them are going to be serious ballers, and you need to keep them around. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I understand with your idea of Kepa um, going, especially with the wage bill. Um, but who would be your ideal number two um, to Mendy? Would it be one of the young goalkeepers coming through? Would it be promoting Bettinelli as a number two choice? Or would it be a idea of going out into the market and looking for maybe either a young goalkeeper or an older goalkeeper to take that number two? Who would be your kind of choice if you or type of choice that you choose? Frazier Foster. Interesting choice. Well, because uh, you know he he'll do it he'll do a, a job for you in the cup competitions, right? Yeah, he, he's a good keeper. Plus, you get the added bonus of having Fraser Foster's blogs. You know, <laughs> so additional. Look, I don't. To me, I grew up in American football, right? So I never really cared who the backup quarterback was. It's about the starting quarterback. And that's the idea here, goalkeeper. I only care who the starting goalkeeper is. Bring somebody in to do a job. We had Willie Caballero there for years. Okay? So it's not like the bar is real high, even though Willie had a, a, a set set of skills. You know, he was, a good, he was a good penalty stopper. So he had that. Find somebody that does something very, very well. So backups are never going to be as good course it's first starters because that's why they're backups so in the backup you look in certain positions to have a certain trait one thing they do very very well and so you know what you're going to get out of them when you put them on a pitch whether it's sweeper keeper whether it's saving penalties whether it's just being a good keep you know uh, he's not going to make a mistake that's a great trait to have have from a backup goalkeeper just do the, the basic simple things don't make any mistakes. Don't be the cause of us losing. And it's the same thing you look at backups. You know, we need a, a, left, a left back. Well, you want somebody who can play both the left wing back and the left back. Because I think even if we go to a back four, in some matches, we will utilize a back three. It will happen. Yeah. So yeah, you want sense. somebody who can, you can play both. Um, so you're, look, you're looking at a Kukurea. You're looking at a... a Bern Sosa uh, from Stuttgart, who looks like they're going to get relegated, which means he'll be very, very cheap. So, and he does, you know, both of those players do something very, very well. They're very, very good offensively. They have some work still to do defensively, but, you know, they're, they're adequate. And that's what you look in a backup. Somebody that can, has, a, has a very good trait that you can make use so, um, yeah, you. That's that's my answer for for everybody that you're bringing in, and you should be bringing a a good enough quality player that can, if the other, if the starter is not doing his things, can take over for him, can challenge him in practice, can push him because having two players who can who can push each other makes 
that whoever comes on top, a better player. So you at least have to find somebody at that level. But not from the keeper. The keeper, you don't want that. You want the keeper to be the number one keeper and not have to look over his shoulder. Just like your quarterback in American football, you want the same thing because they have enough to deal with. They don't need to deal with, well, if I mess up, is am I going to be rotated out next week? So at that position, you just want somebody that's not going to make any mistakes. Or, again, if you can find somebody that's a great penalty stopper, because we know that Mindy's not the best, and you have him as his backup. So if you go into a cup competition and you have a shootout, you can bring him off the bench. That's the best of both worlds right there. Yeah, it makes sense. Um there are, yeah, there are. I mean, for other positions, I think there are a number of players. I think Cucurello has been someone that I've been looking at. Um, I remember we were looking at him before. Um, he was a slight link that was coming up back in the Chilwell days, but we never really took any interest to it. But I think he's done better than I thought he would at Brighton. And it's, again, I am, with, with Sosa, I've looked at him um, in clips, and I think he looks good. But... I have a severe problem now after Werner, Havertz and other German players of trusting Bundesliga as a league at the moment. Um, and I always, I always, there's always, no matter how good a player is, red lights when they're getting relegated for the team. Um, so, I, I mean, I would, I would rather Chelsea go down the route of signing proven Premier League players. Um, obviously, there are other exceptions like Schumann, um a baller. Uh, I can't, but I still can't believe we did not sign him last uh, summer. Whoever, whoever's idea it was to tell him to wait a year, um, and now potentially will cost us a lot more money for him. Uh, that person needs to be sacked right now because um, each week I keep seeing him um, pops up to Schumann goal, Schumann assist, Schumann team of the week, uh, League One. I'm just like, why are we? Why have we not got this player in already? Because it would solve a lot of our problems, um, yeah. and I am begging that he comes in in the summer. I, honestly, I I take not signing attackers and keeping with the, some of the same players just to get this midfield finally sorted. And if you can get the defense, if you can get the midfield sorted. Maybe you can get something out of some of these attackers. Maybe not all. Maybe there's. I think there's players like Timo Werner who I think are just not good enough. Simply, um, maybe a Callum in terms of a loan point um, rather than a sell. Um, maybe I suppose in a, if we were to stick with a back three, maybe a Ziyech. But I do have that funny feeling if we look if we are really looking to play a back four, I think Ziyech could do well for us in that. Um, but again, we'll have to wait and see. But there are simply players that have got good. But I think there's, there could be enough just to stick it out again for next season. If we, but if we fix that defence, we fix the wing backs once and for all. We fix the midfield. Then I think we will be okay, and we will properly at least challenge for a title. Not like we are now, where we challenge up to Christmas and then we're kind of limping behind. We're almost in that kind of state of nowhere we're not we're not really being challenged by the people below but we're not really challenging the people above we're kind of just in a no man's land sort of state um yeah i agree and 
and, and Kunde fixes the center back, you know, because we're going to lose one, one of Rudiger or Christensen. I think it's going to be Christensen. I think Rudiger will probably stay. But Kunde, you bring Kunde in, because, of course, you never know when age is going to catch up Thiago Silva. You know, it hasn't so far, but one day it will. And he solves the right back, right wing back position as a backup to Reese James. Yeah, exactly. I think I think couldn't I think for me you you've got Kunde that is a priority. Too many that's a priority. A left back of some sort, if it's gonna be Sosa, is it gonna be if it's gonna be Cucurella, if it's gonna be whoever you decide to get in. Fine. I'll kind of try and trust you with it. Uh, I'm not really, I, I don't re- see, I don't, I don't really have a specific option in my head um, for me to go, yes, he's the man um, to, for the role. Um, so I, I'll be a bit more flexible with that. And then if you want to get a, a forward, perfect. I don't think you will have the time personally, um, but we'll, we'll actually, we'll see on that. But yeah. Let's just hope that we can sort out some of this mess. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Rudiger thing was the final thing I was going to bring up. Obviously, there's been rumours and more stuff coming out. Um, rumours, Rudiger's looking. I think they're looking to try and finalise a 225 grand a week wage. Um, and the general kind of rumours are coming out that it just seems to be edging closer that there's a compromise happening and Rudiger... He's looking to stay, and I think I, you, you can you can kind of see that from his general attitude um, and the way he plays. Whereas the likes of Christensen and Asby uh, are leaving. Do you think that's the right move for Chelsea for Christensen and Asby to go and Rudiger to stay? Yeah, I mean, if those are my options, uh, then yes. Um, I, I like Christensen. I think he's a he's a, he's a terrific centre back. But would I rather have if would I rather have Rudiger or, or Christensen? You know, Marv. This will make Marv happy. That the answer is Rudiger at this point. Um, yeah, I wish I could keep both Christensen and and Rudiger, but I don't think that's in the cards. Uh, Ashby, thank you for your time, but you've been, you know it's time for you to go someplace else. Okay. I just I just think it's the perfect time for him to bow out now. Yeah, yeah. He's won everything. He can say, well, I wanted to, everything at Chelsea. I wanted to, you know something new before I retire. And that's great. You know, he, he could be a, you know, a linchpin for, for Barca for a couple of years, but, you know, Koundé take, you know, fills the role of both Christensen and Aspilicueta. So you get, you can combine their two salaries and say, okay, well, well that's going to more than cover for Koundé, whatever you're going to pay Koundé, because he plays both positions. Right back, right wing back, center back, right center back in a three. So, you know, you get you get one, you lose two off the wage bill, you bring one in, and you'll probably still clear wages that way. So, yeah, works for me. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, going on to the Asby point, um, do you think he's now a club legend? Um, obviously winning being the only player in Chelsea history to win literally everything you can as a player. Um, do you think he's now solidified himself in that legend category now? Has to be. You know, you, everybody gets down to stats and stuff like that, but you, 
you do play to win the game. And by, by that, I mean you play to win trophies in this sport. And he's won every trophy there is to win at the club level. And he did it for, he stayed here for a decade. He played multiple positions under multiple managers. He was the captain. He is a club legend. Now, where you want to place him on the all-timer, you can have that debate. I'm not, I'm not worried about that debate. If you're a legend, you're a legend. You know? I, I, yeah. I don't get that. It's like... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kind of sneak it in there. Is he, would you say he's on the level of JT Lamps, Didier? Check, or would you say he's a little bit below that? Why would you put him any lower? He has uh, trophies that I'm, they don't I'm, have. I'm, I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I know you don't want to answer that bad boy either, do you? I, <laughs> I, you asked me that question. I, yeah. I, I actually answered it a little bit controversially. Uh, yes, for me, he is. The... He's a bigger club legend, legend than Eden Hazard by far. Yes. And yes, he's on, le- he's on legendary status of JT Lampard because... He's won. He has trophies that they don't have. And if you have that, you have to be par with them. No, he wasn't as flashy. No, he wasn't the guy that you talked about when you talked about Chelsea. But he's done everything else. You at least have to put him on the same tier. You don't have to say he's greater than them. Or as great, but he has to be on that same tier. You know, if you're tearing the legends, he has to be on that top tier. Definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm one of them people. I I really have. I don't have a massive list of legends like most. Some people have like a list of just loads. I think you have to really do something legendary to be a legend at this football club. I would say my list doesn't go above 10, 15 players. Uh, in Chelsea's history, um, there'll be a lot. I, for example, I do not, I do not see Hazard as a legend of this club. I see him as more of what you'd call a cult hero, uh, which is slightly different. It's almost the level below, but I don't think he did reach that top category um, at this club to become that legend. Where I think Aspi has, and just just to think back, will remind people that he cost he cost us seven million. And he's won every trophy there is. I mean, if that's not one of the bargains of the Premier League era, I honestly don't know what is. He's the greatest $7 million player there ever was in the Premier League. In the modern game. How much did Leicester pay for Kante in the end? Yeah, but he didn't play for us. When he, when yeah, but that much. I don't. I don't know. But again, um, you know, that's all he's ever cost. You know, Conte went to Leicester for a fee, and then a bigger fee come to us. Yeah. As we just crossed that one time. I don't know. I don't want to get the Conte Aspie debate. That's stupid. Yeah, I mean but, that's. Not, but, not really you know, a conversation he, we need to have. We have enough debates as it is. No, 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 no. We, we've talked about enough. Yeah. 
But I mean, that is kind of the end of what's been another wonderful pod. Obviously, world champions. I just want to say that again, just in case any rival fans are listening. World champions. Not 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 a charity shield champion like Arsenal fans are usually get, but they don't even get anymore. They haven't got we haven't got a dinner plate, we've got a proper trophy. You saw all our players parading it around, sleeping with it on the plane, having it in their seats. I mean, certain Man United uh, centre-attacking midfielders put their match balls in their car seats. Our players, we put trophies in our car seats. That's the levels. That's the levels of our players compared to you. Um, but there you go. It's been a wonderful pod. Um, don't forget to like, um, support, subscribe onto the channels. Spotify and Apple Podcasts you can find us on. You can also find our Twitter and Instagram pages at WWC Pod Articles. Uh, obviously, you can find me at MattJBall98. Uh, you can find Jesters at Jesters Vengeance on Twitter, so make sure you go check them out. Um, Jesters, thank you for coming on once again, as always. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thank you for having me, bro. Sorry I got a little wordy, but, you know, we had to fill your time for another person, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I like it when we go on to tangents. I like it when we, we put all these lovely little stories and make up. We, we make it very unique compared to just rambling on the same stuff in a boring way. Um, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to listen to us for an hour and 25 minutes? I mean, we wouldn't be, I, 90, we wouldn't be 92 episodes in if people weren't. There you go. You said exactly. it all, brother. So, yeah, guys, I mean, obviously, final thing, make sure you do rate us on Spotify and Apple. Um, Apple, I think you can put comments. I don't think Spotify, you can. You can just rate us at the five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars, whatever you want to rate us. But please give us a rating so we can help improve this podcast. Um, obviously, the women's uh, show is out as we speak. Uh, it's just a 15-minute one, so it's a shorter one for you guys just to get uh, some information on the women's game. We'll get some guests on as well. At the moment, it's just me doing it, but we will get some, we will build that up as well. Coming up to the episode 100, so make sure you stick tuned. This is Matt. This is Worldwide Chelsea Pilot Articles, up the Chelsea.